Netflix has released season one of its adaptation of the series Umbrella Academy. Homo Superior is split on the matter of it being good or bad TV, and as such, the case is being taken to court. The matter at hand is, is season one of Umbrella Academy guilty of being bad TV? Representing the prosecution is Kaylin Batia. Kaylin is a lover of the original graphic novel and thinks the adaptation is limp and has already been done. The defense is represented by Brent Wingate. He believes that Umbrella Academy is not guilty of being bad, that it has plenty of enjoyable moments and good character development which makes for an embarrassed and unembarrassing first season. I, the judge, Honorable Adam Casarius, presiding. Clark and Ryan are also here. Yeah. All right, all right, all right. Ordering the court. The Honorable <laughs> Judge Adam Kusari is here. You may now be seated. Yeah. Ah, thank you, Bailiff. <laughs> <laughs> we are here today trying the You're case screaming. of... <laughs> Your thank Honor. you, Counsel. Objection. Your Honor. Counsel. Your Honor. Uh, we are here debating the People versus Umbrella Academy extra issue. Uh, we are going to do a couple of interesting things, as typical of a court case. We're going to be doing some opening remarks from our prosecution and our defense. Then we're going to list and present evidence, and then we'll do a witness call. There'll be closing arguments and a final verdict from me, the Honorable Judge Adam Kassari. Prosecution, would you like to open? Thank you, Your Honor, <laughs> fellow counselor, witnesses, and listeners. I am representing the prosecution today, and I believe, or we believe, the prosecution believes that... Umbrella Academy is guilty of being bad TV. A little background first. Umbrella Academy, the graphic novel, is by Gerard Way and Gabriel Ba. It was very inventive, quirky, and effortlessly and efficiently blended family drama, adventure fiction, absurdist comedy, and surrealism. It was a worthy successor to the works of writers like Grant Morrison and Peter Milligan, especially considering that it was the first major work by Gerard Way, the former frontman of emo band My Chemical Romance. However, the Netflix adaptation is a pale imitation of the graphic novel. Now, this isn't because it deviates from the source material. On the contrary, adaptations should be able to fit their medium. However, this completely forgoes the essence of the graphic novel, and instead, instead it plays like the unholy offspring of This Is Us and The Gifted. And like many of Netflix's shows, the first season is bloated, poorly paced, and filled with uneven performances. Adding insult to injury, Jeremy Slater, the showrunner, wears his influences on his sleeve and it reminds the prosecution of better works by other auteurs, including, but not limited to, Wes Anderson, Quentin Tarantino, the Coen brothers, and Martin Scorsese. Now, the defense is going to try to make the case that Umbrella Academy is quote-unquote good TV, that it's bingeable and addictive like a bag of chips. However, the prosecution <laughs> believes that bag has gone stale. We plan to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that the first season of Umbrella Academy is guilty of being bad TV. Quite an opening statement. Defense. Thank you, Your Honor. Ladies and gentlemen, today I may just be a simple space chicken. Ladies and gentlemen, today we're deciding the fate of a TV show. Whether you're willing to recommend it or more severely, if you're willing to actively discourage it from being watched. And we're going to determine that today when we find it guilty or not guilty of being bad TV. Now, the prosecution is going to make the case about whether Umbrella Academy is a great show in the golden age of television and whether it is faithful to the adaptation. <laughs> but we're not here to determine if it has the heart of the source material. 
Movies like Jaws or The Shining or The Godfather weren't faithful to their source materials, but we consider their value as works separately from the medium uh, because the medium itself is different and therefore the execution has to be as well. And we're not here to determine if the show is great. Combining elements of visuals, music, acting, script, atmosphere, and originality in a way that's perfect is incredibly difficult. It's, it is, it's a standard that's tough to achieve, especially with just one season out. We're trying to figure out if this show is bad. Does it fail, beyond a reasonable doubt, to entertain us more than it bores or angers us? As we go through this trial, I intend to show that not only is this show emotionally engaging, but it has valuable thought put into its themes and style. And with that, I would like to introduce my motion to dismiss. Yes. Oh, wait. I'm not. I am the judge here. Objection, Your Honor. Rumble, Objection. rumble, rumble. rumble, rumble. Yeah. Let me get to my grounds. Okay. Present circumstances unfairly malign my client, Umbrella Academy. The recent creation of shows like Deadly Class and Doom Patrol, which are, in essence, large cast graphic novel television adaptations about a group of misfits with incredible abilities, taints the audience's view of what really great television can be and skew the perception of Umbrella Academy from having to be a show that's just good and enjoyable to something that's great. I submit to you my request for dismissal. Objection, Your Honor, relevance. Not overruled. I'm throwing out your dismissal. Wait, Honor, please review my request. I see. In the United States District Court for the Homo Superior Podcast Division, request for dismissal. I don't like this, and I don't like you already. Thank you, Your Honor. All right. Rumble, 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 rumble. have completed. I will now open the floor for evidence. Thank you, Your Honor. The prosecution would like to bring up to the stand comic book historian, pop culture aficionado, and dramaturgist Clark Whitehead. Clark, can I am also a big fan, but we must keep decorum in this court. Now, Mr. Whitehead, can you state your full name for the court, please? Ronald Clark Whitehead. Ronald Clark Whitehead. Do you swear to tell the uh, truth? Objection. Seriously? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> 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 you objected about his first name? as well. Your Honor, allow relevance? Okay. I'll allow it. Now, Ronald Clark Whitehead, do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you Cthulhu? As I am Cthulhu, in a human form, yes. Excellent. Now, Mr. Whitehead, are you a fan of... Would you say you're a fan of comic books? <laughs> yeah. Now, have you read both completed volumes of Umbrella Academy, volumes one and two? Yes, and half of three. Half Whatever of are the issues that we have before so far. So oh. what, did you, what did you think of them? I enjoyed them. I like the style. The art, I mean, animation ba is great. Um, and I enjoy the plot line. I like the characters. No, um, what did you specifically like? I loved how fucking batshit crazy it is. It's like everything is bizarre. The world building is amazing. So, the world building, let's, let's, let's uh, spend a little time on that. What did you like best about the world building in the graphic novels? Um, I don't know, I just... It, it, you saw everything. You saw the backstories of everybody. You saw... Look, at the beginning, the Empire State's building gets stolen. I just like all of this bizarre little pieces of what the actual world is, instead of just... Well, you're not the question yet, so. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I appreciate. I knew they ain't a witness. Objection, leading. You know you're not because no, no, the witness is leading. <laughs> He's leading the prosecution. Uh, so let's get to the adaptation. What are your thoughts about it? Um, I give it like objection, vague. 
Well, I'm answering. I gave it like a D. <laughs> it's a vague question. I, I want to like. I, I, I want to know it, what the witness thinks of the other. I gave it a C minus, and I rewatched it again, and now it's a D. Wow! So it went lower uh, for you on the three second times, Yeah, three times. So you are an expert in the adaptation. Point of order: What happened the third time? What do you mean? You watched it twice. You had a C minus, then a D. What happened the third time? It was still a D. Objection: Does the judge usually ask? I will do whatever about in my law. Objection: Sometimes they do. The third time was me purposely seeing how many times certain things happen. So let's talk a little bit about it. You gave it a C and then a D. So clearly there was C minus and then a D, excuse me. There are certain things then that means that you didn't completely fail it. So you there are certain things you liked about the deviations from the source material. That was the question? My, what are some of the things that you liked? Oh. What are some of the deviations, excuse me? Um, I, I, re- I liked um, Hazel's weird plot line with the, um, the, the woman from... Hazel Cha-Cha and <laughs> Dolores? So Hazel uh, was I, one of the assassins yes. uh, 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 by the, the, the time police. Um, what did you like least about the adaptation? I, there was no world building at all. There was no I world mean, there building. was no world, world building pop probably because they blew it up at the end, so who gives a shit about the world? But that's not a good reason. Now, part of that world building and part of the deviation was uh, they explicitly made the character of Klaus gay. He wasn't gay in the graphic novel, or they never said that he, he was. was but, but in the show, they explicitly said that he was gay. And they showed him having a, a romantic relationship with another man. Now, did that work for you? Well, bisexual, the, the very nebulousness of the character sexually in the comic is not played out at all. Now he's just like straight up gay who falls in love with a character that literally shows up in three episodes. In the first episode, he has a slight voiceover for one minute, and it's literally just Klaus, Klaus. Third episode, he's just a body. And literally the second episode, he says four lines, one of which is, yeah, and he dies. And then they never, they never, in the beginning of that episode, they kiss. They kiss one time, or everyone else kisses at least three. Let's stay on this. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, keep going. So staying on this topic, so you have Dave, who's Klaus's romantic interest, and then you have Eudora Patch, who is the cop. She was Diego's uh, uh, former lover and romantic interest. Exist. And she didn't exist in the graphic novel, you're right. But they both bo- die during this series. They're both, but verse, both. They are both diverse characters who get killed immediately. Right. So do you believe that the showrunner, Jeremy Slater, refrigerated okay. both of these characters in order to further the character developments of Klaus 3, and Diego. Three thousand percent, yeah. They don't really get real characterization, but they get enough characterization for the other characters that... Very interesting. Wouldn't you say we're past that? <laughs> Wouldn't Ooh. you say that we're past that as, uh, as a society? Be. We should certainly be past that. <laughs> yeah. It's great that we're adding diverseness to everything, but we're doing it in a stereotypical-ass way, where it, it's kind of lip service more than anything. Right. Um, let's talk about optics and not real characterization. So let's talk a little bit about the performances overall. Um, there were quite a few actors. It was a very large cast. Give me your impressions on the performances, good and bad. Um, Klaus, I thought was excellent. Uh, Robert Sheehan. Who else? Uh, uh, you had you uh, had uh, Vanya. No, don't say anything. You can't do that. <laughs> Ladies, the witness. <laughs> How Thank you, witness. <laughs> you can't object to me. I have no objection to it. <laughs> no, I, Vanya I'd was, like to see where this is going. Vanya was good. She was, I like Klaus the, Klaus the best. And um, I don't know. 
I liked Hazel's easiness kind of side. Mm-hmm. I don't think it would be too hard as a performer to do that character, though. What about some of the characters you didn't like, or the actors you didn't like? Um, the rumor was just, I mean, the actress is probably nice. Awful. That's Allison, correct? Uh, yes. Awful, awful, awful. I felt nothing. There's little parts where she's like, blah, blah, blah. Mm, uh, uh, and like, you know, she's doing this kind of stuff because probably that's how it's written. But you could see like, okay, you're doing the gaps between sentences. You are literally acting those gaps without thinking about the actual story. I know I'm not feeling it at all. I didn't feel anything from her. What did you Your feel? Honor, if I may object, are we going to find out whether Clark likes this show or whether or not this show is... I literally good? just said, as a dramaturg, I know how... Your Honor, the witness has no reason to speak. Your <laughs> Honor, Your Honor, I mean... We have an expert witness who is providing evidence. He's I want to hear ev- more. All right. <laughs> Fair enough, Your Honor. <laughs> All right, I'll say, as a dramaturg... I could feel the lack of performance coming out of her. And I live off of being in a theater or watching TV or watching movies, reading books, etc. In comics. I will make the point, Council. Please drive this to a conclusion. Uh, (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Thank you, Witness. Wasn't uh, Allison, a.k.a. The Rumor, wasn't she in a majority episodes one of the the leading characters? We were supposed to be emotionally invested in her, but you, as an expert, felt that she did not give off that kind of quality. Uh, I mean, they're all kind of the main character, except for the Kraken. <laughs> the Kraken seems just like a waste of time. Your Honor, the Kraken is a waste of time. <laughs> Argumentative. <Yeah. laughs> and then based on the that case, remains to be seen in this case. As I was talking about the romance of everything, the fact that certain ones kiss more than the others, even though they're in some kind of episode that doesn't matter, dream state kind of thing, in a way, since it goes back in time, they all still kiss more than Klaus, who they, like, kiss for. I just, I was furious by it. I think they just wasted his time with having this gay scene and with everything. So let's move and, on. Oh, I'm sorry. In the comics... <laughs> He doesn't do this. He <laughs> has sex with a Vietnamese, Vietnamese woman and has a child. Character-wise and diversity-wise, we have, originally in the comics, we have Cha-Cha, and the comics is white, and, and the comics Hazel is black. But, for some reason, they switch it here, and they give the white character this wonderful, happy future, you know, he's a goodish guy, and then they give Chacha someone who, like, straight up goes crazy, and she's supposed to be a white character that suddenly becomes black. It's very strange how they just, like, both flip the race and make the African-American character that's originally white have a really bad Now, Chacha was played by uh, R&B artist Mary J. Blige, correct? Yes. Uh, Would you you believe that she was wasted in the series? She was high as shit. No. <laughs> <laughs> Which it could have been. I don't know. The performance was very rocky. Uh, yes, I mean, like, she was wasted by the... Anyways. Um, One more thing. Go ahead. Um, Kate Walsh's character <laughs> is originally in the comics played by a giant... Uh, it's like a goldfish and a giant, like, space suit. Which, as I said, the weirdness in this thing is... Point of order, who is Kate Walsh? She is the head of the Time the time Police. Understood. Yeah, yeah yes. the blonde. <laughs> I want to... And at the, at the end, when she dies in the comic, it's... he. It's, they literally eat the fish. It, I, this thing is so boring. 
I must say, I would no. like to see that. And you mean this thing, you mean the adaptation yeah. is so boring. So let's talk a little bit uh, about the, yeah. the use yeah. of music. Yeah, we need to get, you need to see I have two more questions, up. Your Honor, I do. Please, I will make this very quick. All right, drive your witness to the point you are trying uh, to say. Let's, talk about, the, let's talk about the use of music on the show. Um, too in your face, too unnecessary. They weren't, I don't know, they just seemed out of place thematically. And they were just like, ah, song! It doesn't blend in with anything. So, one last question for you. Would you watch a second or subsequent seasons of the show? If we weren't doing this podcast, no. All right. That answer speaks Out of about requirement. Cross-exam? Yeah. Okay. Uh, no, is yours. Clark, when was the last time you read Umbrella Academy? I reread it when Kaylin gave me the, gave me the entire thing. <laughs> and when you read it, how good would you say it was on a number, a grade scale, or however you'd like to characterize it? Um, I'll say... A, B plus. A, uh, B, B slash B plus. How good would you say your memory is, Clark? <laughs> your Honor, objection. I'm going somewhere with this. Hostile to my witness. <laughs> I'll allow it. <laughs> when were you born? January 1st, 1982. What day of the week? That doesn't exist. Your Honor, irrelevant. Uh, okay. It was at okay. Make honor. this point and make it quickly, okay. counsel. What kind of presents would you like to get on your birthday? Your Honor, I'm merely trying to bribe I'm merely my trying witness. to establish when I what like types of gifts or presents Mr. Whitehead would like to receive for the next time a holiday or birthday. Council, what is the relevance to this? I would like, yeah. like he is trying to hotel bribe airline airline tickets. Or Mr. Something. Whitehead, what was my first question? It was asking well, I have, whether I have a good memory or not. That is incorrect, Your Honor. <laughs> he has a terrible memory. The first question was the last time he remembered Umbrella Academy. What was my fifth question? Your Honor, move to this different counselor for defense. Maybe Clark's memory isn't as good as we like to think it is. <laughs> Clark, uh, would you would you say that it's true that you're obsessed with the consistency with shows? Sure. I don't know. <laughs> Are there any other works you can you can't enjoy because there's a lack of adherence to consistency? Yeah, reading anything you write. <laughs> ma ma ma. Well, <laughs> I'm uh, I here. question the expertise of this witness. No more questions. So, Ever, you're done. This car's heating <laughs> up. Uh, well, I guess now, next is. Oh, I guess I'll call. You, do you do you rest on your witnesses? Uh, I rest on my witnesses. Pos- right. uh, defense. Well, I called to the stand uh, Ryan Kroll. All right. Hello. Yeah. Hello. Please introduce yourself. Hi. Hi. My name is Philip Ryan. I go by Ryan Kroll. Yeah, I swear to tell the truth, blah, blah, blah. I swear. Okay. Is, Your Honor, could you ask the witness to turn down the volume a little? Is it true that you're a member of the Homo Superior Podcast? That is, in fact, true. How Objection, long, relevance. How long have you been on the podcast? Since the very beginning. And I'm also establishing expertise. Uh, are you on every episode? No, but most of them. What percentage of episodes would you say you are? I'd say 95%. Okay, well, in rank, how popular would you say you are on the podcast? I'd say more popular than you, less than Clark. Okay. Your Honor, I'll allow this. (laughs) Are you familiar with different episodes and what opinions were expressed therein? Yes. Okay. Very Do you recall so. the episode issue twenty eight, New Year of Shows, Movies, X Men issues, Gifted and Runaways? <laughs> yes, very much so. Who was on that episode? Uh, all of us. Okay. In that episode, did you talk about the Gifted season one? Yes, we were reviewing. The Your Honor, objection, relevance. I'm willing to see where it goes because it involves me. <laughs> <laughs> so, which episode were you reviewing? I moved for a mistrial. It was episode eleven. 
And do you recall what Kalen's impression was of that specific episode? Yeah, Kalen said he fucking loved it. He loved The Gifted. Can you speak more generally about what he thought of the season? Um, he said he really enjoyed it, and it's a it's not a great series, but it's very enjoyable watch. No further questions. All right, all right, counsel. You may cross-examine. <laughs> Matthew McConaughey. I know. <laughs> all, right, all right, all right, all right. Thank Prosecutors you. Prosecutors just stay, keep getting younger, and I stay the same. <laughs> That's not how it goes. But go on, it's my courtroom. <laughs> Be better if you did, right, Your Honor? All right. Mr. Krull, can you tell me where you got your clothes? Um, the, uh, I think this is a H&M. Relevance? <laughs> Your Honor, I'm going somewhere with this. I'd like to see where this goes. H&M. I'll allow it. Now, can you tell me what your favorite food is? Um, probably like a Thai basil fried rice. And mm. who would you say is your best friend? Um, There's a right answer. I don't know. I think it's Nicolette. I hope she's listening. <laughs> and did you like Umbrella Academy, the TV series? Yeah, I did. So we've determined that you have no taste. Wow. I guess if you don't uh, like... Objection, hostile. Uh, that was very mean. You should apologize. <laughs> yeah. No, I didn't think you were going to say Nicolette. I like Nicolette. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Adam. Gotcha. <laughs> Nicolette, I love you. Okay, back to our back to our regularly scheduled programming. So, um... <laughs> Mr. Kroll, do you drink? Yeah. Just as, every shot with you. <laughs> yeah. Just as much as you, every single time. Now, do you smoke? Ew, I mean, well... Just, Not cigarettes. Just drugs. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, were you cigarettes are drugs. <laughs> were you drunk and or high while watching this show? Nope. Sober, watched it all. I'd like to remind sleep. you that you're under oath. I was not drunk or high. Your Honor, permission to treat him as a hostile witness? Uh, I'll allow it. <laughs> you were drunk and you were high while you were watching this. Admit it! Admit it! I wasn't. It was, it was a long day after and I binged the whole thing because I liked it so You much. binged it like that bottle of vodka that I gave you that one time. Yeah, we had it. We shared it. <laughs> <laughs> Irrelevant, Your Honor. <laughs> now, Mr. Carl, do you have a significant other? Yes, I do. What's his name? How dare you assume I'm gay? Um, his name is Chase. <laughs> this is a gay podcast. <laughs> Chase, and what is Chase's last name? Chandonnet. Chandonnet is he French? Um, I don't know, I think. Okay. Now, did you Netflix and chill, as the kids say, with him while watching Umbrella Academy? Yeah. Yeah. So then how do we know you were paying attention to the show? Weren't you getting a little romantic, a little, you know, cozy uh, with him? Uh, we had sex in the morning, and then we watched it. Hmm. Your Honor, Your Honor, Your Honor, I move to strike this testimony as inadmissible evidence. Mr. Kroll is not a credible witness. We ha- we know he has no taste. He was uh, was was intoxicated while watching with his boo. I wasn't. Redirect, Your Honor. Do you have any further questions? Not for you. Well, for him. I like to redirect. This I- has taken a toll that I had not expected. Uh, I will allow it. <laughs> How am I credible? Mr. Crow, Mr. Crow, when do you have sex regularly? <laughs> when? Usually in the morning. Like, what do you want? Your Honor, relevance. Mr. Crow, when do you regularly watch Netflix? Usually at night. Mr. Crow, my last question. In one word, how would you describe Galen Batia? <laughs> Sad. Thank you. Your Honor, relevance. <laughs> I agree. So I'll. <laughs> 
All right, where is the evidence? I would like to submit a surprise witness. Oh. I call to the stand Kaylin Batu. <laughs> oh. I don't think you can do that. I'm a, I'm a counselor. Oh, uh, uh, and you've got a fool for a client. <laughs> <laughs> I call him to the stand. Can I call him to the stand? I'll allow it. All right. Uh, Mr. Caitlin Batia, do you swear to tell the truth, all truth, and so on? Not to you. <laughs> do I get to cross-examine myself? That's the if question. Like I would like to see that, so yes. <laughs> uh, Mr. Batia, where are you from? I'm from Texas. Where are you from originally? My mother's <laughs> uterus. <laughs> that, that, that has problematic undertones. <laughs> Sorry. I believe the witness is perjuring himself. Where were you born? Uh, in a hospital. Where on the globe were you born if you had to point to a map? Uh, Bombay, India. Foreigner. Interesting. <laughs> oh, uh, I was <laughs> <laughs> uh, Get to the point, counsel. Uh, Mr. Bhatti, are you dating anyone? Uh, I am dating a few people. Oh, I hope they're not listening. Are you perjuring yourself? I'm not perjuring myself. How many brothers do you have? I have no brothers. How many sisters do you have? I have no sisters. Do you have any step-siblings? I do not. How many of your parents are still living? Both of them are still living. How would you characterize the relationship with them now and growing up? Uh, it is very strong right now, and growing up, I had a very healthy relationship with them. And relevance, Your Honor. So you're I saying where he's going? So you're out. saying you grew up as an only child with loving parents? Yes. No more questions, Your Honor. <laughs> uh, may I cross-examine myself? I'm allowed. Uh, now, Mr. Bhatia, you're under oath. Yes, I know that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> was the defense's questions completely irrelevant and, and hostile? Yes, they were. I don't know where he's going with this. I hope he loses, and I hope he dies alone. All right, my, actually, my, my. I have evidence to submit, um, if I may, Your Honor. Uh, I'll allow it. Yeah, so for, I'd first like to talk about the effectiveness of the show from a structural perspective. perspective. Um, more specifically, the character's actions happen to be based on reason, and the show doesn't guarantee plot armor for them. So, uh, Mr. Kroll, mm -hmm. would you mind uh, reciting Exhibit 1? Uh, exhibit A? Exhibit B1. <laughs> exhibit B1. B1, okay. Um, claws? <laughs> Destroys Your Honor, the, the witness is illiterate. Counsel, get your legal analysis in order. Klaus destroys the briefcase. Klaus destroys the briefcase because the pain of losing his lover cost him and not wanting, and he wanted to destroy the briefcase so no one else would be afflicted with that kind of pain. Exhibit B2. Uh, Allison and Vanya quarrel. Allison lashes out at and later expresses concern for Vanya in part because she is personally responsible for her plight and also because Vanya is seen as the weakest family member. Vanya tries to relate to Allison but feels driven away because she has a special relationship with a normal man. Exhibit three, B3. Death is ever-present. Deaths of the detective and the handler indicate that the show can make a character suffer and grant the possibility of lasting consequences. The show also uses its structure and character to organize and hammer in its themes. It embraces cosmological horror. Cosmological horror is being a genre that focuses on the fact that the universe doesn't care about us and that we have inherent limitations of our understanding of it and that it, the universe is itself complex and dark. Umbrella Academy works to show how our own choices and desire wall ourselves off. Uh, sorry. Umbrella Academy works to show how our own choices and desires wall ourselves off and heighten the gap between 
reality and our understanding of it. If you could exhibit C1. Uh, Klaus's war. So Klaus goes to fight a brutal war, which is known for its pointlessness, and the horrors of war are generally known to be hard to explain to people who haven't experienced it. Exhibit C2. Vanya is separated from her siblings. She's separated from her siblings, and she's in a powerless state. Her father, as an, as an adult, she still has issues connecting with the rest of the people that she is supposed to be able to love. Exhibit C3. Number five has seen and done things far outside of normal Seeing the dest- uh, My apologies. Seeing the destruction of Earth and uh, falling in love with a mannequin are obviously not easy emotional events to relay. So part of his character motivation is to avoid doing so. And uh, Exhibit C4. Uh, mom's circuitry. So she has a history which suggests she has more capacity to reveal her secrets but is in some ways limited by her ability to relay those experiences in a more literal level. Level. Um, why don't we just do exhibits... Uh, uh, let's talk about some of the acting, because that has been said to not be necessarily up to par in every level. Before we get there, do you mind if I refute some of the evidence that uh, uh, defense has brought up? I'll give you three points to make. Uh, everything that the defense brought up is is technically true, but the show decides to tell rather than show us. Uh, everything interesting about the show doesn't happen toward till the very end, and it's asking the audience to uh, to to invest eight hours of their time before things can actually get good. I don't. Uh, uh, the prosecution does not believe that that makes for good television. It actually makes for bad television. Object. I mean, objection. Every episode has some character development or major plot revelation that. There, it, that doesn't revelation. That doesn't get. Thank you, counsel. Uh, <laughs> I allow it. That, <laughs> there isn't the same standard drag of Netflix shows where you're waiting for things to happen. There aren't the standard filler shows which you find in normal television. Acting exhibits D one through three. Uh, Vanya number five and Klaus. Ellen Page is wonderful. <laughs> Can you agree? Can we? Can you agree with that? You have named three out of. 10 of the characters. So 30% are good. The rest of the 70% are bad. So I would actually say uh, Klaus himself is perhaps the worst of the acting until he goes off to war and his character suddenly changes and blossoms. Originally starts out as a giant depth type and then he becomes a soft... As a result of his boyfriend who gets four lines, as my witness said, and then dies. Refrigerated by the... It's 10 episodes, Your Honor. Go order, order. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> All right, fine. Then I'll present uh, Exhibit 4. D4. The family dynamics. All right. You have the odd ch- young child out, the quarreling with one and two, the fidelity one has to his father, father, the handling of a sibling with addictive tendencies, having a middle child who tries to balance family dynamics and keep the peace are all solid indicators of a foundation for the actors to work with, which I believe that they do, and the audience to relate to. Your Honor, I liked it better when it was called the Royal Tenenbaums. I have no more evidence, Your Honor. I think... Closing statements, Your Honor? This case is very difficult for me, so I'm going to need closing statements to really assure (laughs) me of what opinion I'm supposed to have by the end of this show. Your Honor, (laughs) the question before us is whether Umbrella Academy is guilty of being a bad show. We believe we have answered that question in the affirmative. Now, the defense will have you believe that we think it's guilty because it strays too far away from the source material. 
And as we previously said, the problems don't arrive, arise from the deviations necessarily, but rather from the fore, from foregoing the essence of the graphic novel. Instead of world building, it gives us mundane family conflicts one would find on network drama. Instead of memorable characters, the majority of the cast sleepwalks through the dialogue. Instead of showing us something that we've never seen before, the series steals quite liberally from better material by better otters, auteurs, including <laughs> otters. Otters? Oh, including Martin Scorsese, Wes Anderson, the Coen brothers, and Quentin Tarantino. The adaptation is so proud of how woke it is, but it turns a gay character and a female African-American character as plot devices to, to add depth to two cisgendered men. And this is before we even get to the use, or should I say misuse, of music on the show. Now, the defense is going to have you believe it's not guilty of being a bad show, but we just saw that their own witness is not credible. What? The prosecution is not happy to make this case. <laughs> the prosecution is not happy to make this case. We wanted this adaptation to be good and worthy of the original graphic novel. But we have no choice to, but to conclude that this umbrella left us high and dry. Where? <laughs> oh, it's called Wet Umbrella. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I guess I'll make my closing statements. Yeah. What we have is a show that's not ashamed of love. The love of a gay man and his fellow veteran. The love of a fat man and an old woman. The love of a brother and sister who share no biological relation. Are you making a case for or <laughs> We have a show that, Better seen on, uh, Royal that enjoys building on the mythology of a universe with superheroes. From the Umbrella Academy comic books to Diego getting shouted at and him responding as a famous person would. The cross-time atmosphere of the clothing, background, and objects adds to the overall thematic plot device of having time travel and feeling like time periods are colliding. The family dynamics are as interesting as they are real, which may be difficult for the prosecution to accept because he's never had to relate to such experiences. He was a pampered <laughs> only child with loving parents and no sibling rivalries, so they're inherently foreign to him. We have a show where there are... Your Honor, objection. We being have, attacked by I'm a counsel. giving my closing statements. Uh, yeah, uh, all time for arguments is over. Counsel, please yeah. sit down and let him finish. We have a I'm show... <laughs> we have a show where there are enjoyable action sequences that aren't overcut and jumpy. And while the music perhaps tries too hard... Perhaps... It still maintains some fun in a show like this. There's also Mary J. Blige. And Diego and Luther are super hot. Klaus could probably get it, too. Is it a perfect show? No. Obviously, there are some issues with their music choices. Your Honor, I would like to add that... Uh, Klaus can, Klaus can definitely get it. Yeah. I would just add that. I would... Have uh, sex with Klaus as well. Go on. <laughs> is this a perfect show? No. Obviously, there are some issues with the music choices. Why have Istanbul with Constantinople <laughs> in a donut fight scene? But the show is obviously not something slapped together by the CW. It certainly offers more than a show like The Gifted Season 1, which, by the prosecution's own account, is not a bad show. It is my contention that The Umbrella Academy Season 1 is no worse than The Gifted Season 1. If your view of the gifted is not shifty, you must find Umbrella Academy not guilty. <laughs> My view of the gifted has shifted. Shifted. Okay, fine. And, just because and? just because you're alone and sad doesn't mean Umbrella Academy is bad. I rest my face. <laughs> the defense rests. 
I gotta tell you, I have never seen a more phenomenal argument from both sides of a case in my courtroom. Which is we, just are you gonna pull a RuPaul uh, Drag Race? All Not at all. I have a very. Dis- I've been listening to your arguments. I have been writing things down, mostly related to your arguments. Uh, this is a real difficult decision. Adam loves Andrew. You've been writing down over and over again. <laughs> this is a difficult Your Honor, decision. May I just say one last thing? Yeah. I love the way your accent goes in and out. <laughs> Mine has been doing the exact same thing. I'm actually the bailiff. I replaced Adam Casario a while ago. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If I'm going to look on the side of bad show, and I would agree with the defense, you got. Uh, refrigeration. You got real shitty music. Prosecution, you mean? Prosecution. What did I say? Refrigeration. Well, you know, (laughs) sometimes you get confused. (laughs) Bailiff here. Uh, (laughs) Prosecution's case of refrigeration, music. Not enough gay kissing was definitely high on my list. Uh, (laughs) Diversity optics. I would highly agree with that very credible witness that came in to talk to us about that. Uh, It's also slightly a lazy family drama from the sense that there's petulant children as opposed to adults arguing. I think it's always easy to say, you know, these kids are growing up in this shitty family, so now they're still just adolescent assholes. Uh, And there's also lots of tropes of infighting and a lack of compassion amongst the... uh, Family themselves. So I get all that. I see all that. And I understand all that. But at the same time, (laughs) I see a lot of good in this show. And to the original court case's point, we are attempted to prove it is a bad show, not an excellent show. And so when you look at actually good family drama, where I gasped while uh, Rumor slash Allison throat got slashed, although she did come back, which I was like, okay, that's fine. Uh, <laughs> overall, overall plot offering, which left us on a really cool cliffhanger that I did not see coming, and I'm very excited to see the second season. Generally good acting from the, especially from the child, from the the child number five. five. CGI monkey emotion. I don't see why none of you brought that up. That would have really sold my case, good or bad. Uh, mostly good though. Like the action and the cosmological horror. So if I was really going to put this down as, you know, someone randomly watching a show in light of all the other shows going on, like Deadly Alliance, Gifted, Deadly Class, Class. I was thinking about Mortal Kombat, uh, and whatever shows are out there, I do agree with the defense's case. You're drunk. A little bit. I do agree with the defense's case that there is no need to have to elevate it to make it watchable. Do I think it's the best sort of sci-fi comic show I've seen in a long time? No. Do, based on what the uh, subject matter expert testimony provided in terms of a goldfish is the handler, I would much rather see that. But I'm getting what I'm getting, and I want to keep watching. So I would say that I rule <gasps> not guilty. <laughs> yes! 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 Your Honor, I call for a mistrial. No, uh, you no, have been no. paid off by the defense. Don't, 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 don't you worry. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta gripe a little bit. This is the Aaron Brockovich moment. We your honor, know. your honor, this uh, there has been a travesty of justice My today. Men stand, hush him out. I see, I see dollar bills coming out of your pocket. This has been the ultimate court case of the People versus Umbrella Academy. Agree with the verdict? Don't agree with the verdict? We want to hear from you. If enough people tell us to overthrow this verdict on social media, <laughs> we'll probably do that, although the court will still be ruled in this podcast as not guilty. You can find us on SoundCloud, on... No, help me out, guys. <laughs> no? 
Twitter, Instagram, Instagram. Just come and get us. We're going to get this vote and we're going to figure out what you think.